0: Now, the word of God throughout reveals unity among God's people always preceded a move of God and revival. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 1 to 25, before the Lord manifested his presence on Mount Sinai, he commanded Moses and the Israelites to unite, consecrate themselves for two days, and then and only then, after they obeyed him to do that, on the third day did he manifest his presence on the mountain in a cloud of glory. It wasn't before, but after. In 2nd Chronicles chapter 5 verse 11 to 14 when God's people united to praise and worship him they didn't keep to their divisions his presence manifested in the temple so powerfully that priests literally could not stand to minister it says they couldn't stand to minister in other words they fell to the ground and they couldn't complete their priestly duties then no wonder when we worship God or there's prayer, the presence of God manifests, people start falling in the spirit. And there are churches and denominations who say that's demonic. How can you say that's demonic when it's in the word, when it happened in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament? Of course, Satan has his counterfeit. But I'm talking about when God truly moves and people are truly falling in the spirit. That's not demonic. That's biblical. biblical. Don't listen to anyone who says that's not from God. We've seen too much to believe them. And we're going to choose to believe the word rather than them. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 to 30, when King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah... After discovering that a great army had assembled against them, united to fast, pray and seek the Lord, he spoke to them through a prophet who gave them specific instructions on how to defeat this army, which was to confront them in battle, not with their best army, but with praise and worship. And when God's people obeyed him to unite in praise and worship on the battlefield, as crazy as that may have sounded to them, He moved to directly intervene and throw the enemy armies into confusion so they turned on and completely slaughtered each other. So we see the same thing happen twice here. The first time is when God's people unite to fast, pray, and seek the Lord, he moves and speaks to them through a prophet among them who gives them instructions on how to defeat these enemies. And the second time was when they went out on the battlefield in praise and worship, the Lord moved again. To defeat their enemies. In Acts chapter 1, verse 12 to 14, and Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, when the apostles, believers, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, united in the upper room to pray, the Holy Spirit then moved on the day of Pentecost in a mighty way to bring the very first revival through the church. Jesus tells the disciples to remain in Jerusalem and to wait for the promise of the Father to come. They could have very easily said, "Now nah, we've got better things to do. We don't have the time. It's boring. I don't want to sit around or stand around waiting. But they didn't. They obeyed him. And when they obeyed him to wait for the Holy Spirit to come in the upper room, and as they prayed and interceded, as they waited, then bang, the Holy Spirit comes. Now, I already said it. What were they doing while they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come? They were praying and interceding. It tells us very clearly there. They were praying and interceding for the Holy Spirit to come. And they didn't stop until he did. And that's one of the keys we have to understand here for this movement and for any revival. The church has to constantly, consistently, and persistently pray and intercede until the promise of God occurs until the revival comes and not to stop until it does. That's the key. The enemy cannot defeat a people, especially God's people, who make a decision to be determined, to persevere, to persist and to continually pray and intercede, fast, do whatever the Lord's telling us to do until the promise of God comes to pass until the Holy Spirit moves, until the revival comes. People of God, if we just decide to do that together, if we decide to do that corporately and never give up on it, even if it takes another 100 years, you'll see it come far sooner. You'll see it happen far sooner. There's a saying, if you're willing to stand forever forever, You're not going to have to stand for too long. Amen? Because forever is a long time. So that means for however long you're going to stand, it will be nothing compared to forever. It won't be as long as forever. Disunity produces the completely opposite results. And I call disunity a plague in the body of Christ. At the moment, we've got the coronavirus, the Delta strain, the Omicron strain, and... a dozen other viruses, they're called plagues, but disunity is a plague of the church, or one of them at least. It's a plague in the church, and it needs to be addressed.